In this episode with Schaefer's senior market strategist, Brian Sapp, we discuss one of our key products, EWCB. Now is the perfect time to join Expiration Week Countdown Bulletin because we got a special offer for our loyal listeners. You'll receive six recommendations in your inbox at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Sunday evening prior to standard options expiration every month, each one targeting gains of up to 200% in five days or less. With each recommendation, you'll receive all the information you need to position yourself for profitable expiration week trading. Grab your trades on Sunday night, place them on Monday morning, and sit back. Count up your profits on Friday. It's that simple. We do the work and give you everything you need to bank huge gains in just five days or less. To gain access to this listener-only promotion, click the link in the episode bio and claim your membership today. Now, here's Brian Sapp. Welcome back to Schaefer's Market Mashup, Wednesday, August 24th, our 120th episode. Today's guest is Brian Sapp, CFA and Senior Market Strategist here at Schaefer's. Brian, welcome. Hi, Patrick. How's it going? Uh, Pretty good. You know, I've had Matthew on, I've had Chris on, I've had even Todd on, so I didn't want you to feel left out amongst the Schaefer's traders. So good to finally have you on. Yeah, thanks. I always listen to the uh, to the other guys when they come on, and I've always been wondering, you know, when my turn was going to be. So here we go. Yeah, I'm calling you up. You're you're in the big leagues now. <laughs> Let's start since you're a new guest here. Walk me through your trading background and finish it off with what you currently do at Schaefer's. Okay, sure. Um, so I guess I've been with the company almost 13 years now. Um, I was hired in out of grad school. Uh, as a trainee, I really didn't have a ton of market experience. Uh, I was an econ major in undergrad, and I had dabbled in the markets here and there. Um, m- you know, predominantly losing money, uh, but you know, learned lessons along the way. And um, you know, then I went into grad school, and while I was in grad school and undergrad, I played a lot of poker. And you know, there there are a lot of corollaries there, uh, synergies, I guess you could call them, between poker and trading or investing. And so I happened to see the job posting at Schaefer's and uh, applied and they took a chance on me. And, you know, here I am almost 13 years later. So now um, I predominantly trade short term directional stuff. So like uh, overnight trader, uh, weekly options trader, that kind of stuff. I'm generally more short term on the directional side. And then I trade uh, volatility, the volatility programs that we have. So volatility trader, weekly volatility trader. Um, and then here recently, uh, this January, we launched uh, the weekly playbook, which is a webinar that I do every Monday morning. Uh, it's about th- usually 45 minutes long, just kind of covers some macro themes, covers, you know, what has happened in the market and then, you know, throw out some ideas for the subscribers to, uh, you know, some immediately actionable ideas and also just some watch lists, you know, some names that I like on the long or short side just for people to keep an eye on. I'm glad you brought up the poker stuff. I was going to cover that later. We'll we'll table that for now. No pun okay. intended. Um, so yeah, you, you mentioned your newest role there with uh, Schaefer's Playbook of the Week. Uh, give listeners an example of, of of what to expect when they when they sign up for that. I know you guys pick one stock per week that you take a pretty deep dive into, uh, bullish or bearish. What was this week's pick, and what did you like or dislike about that stock? 
So this week's pick actually off to a really good start. Um, CF Industries is the, uh, the company. Its ticker is CF as in Frank. Um, and basically they're a fertilizer stock. Um, it's you know no surprise or, or no secret that there are big issues that are being caused by Russia and, and it's ongoing and there's you know seemingly no end in sight. So you know Russia and Ukraine, um, they export about a quarter of the world's fertilizer. And so, you know, their supply that has been on the market for the longest time has basically been pulled off. Uh, so we have a fertilizer shortage. Um, natural gas is a big, you know, input into nitrogen and fertilizer products. And no secret. Also, nat gas prices are sky high. So their input costs are higher. However, um, they're kind of in this boon period where, you know, they're one of the only shows in town. They're one of the biggest producers and farmers have to have fertilizer. So, you know, this stock has been trending way higher for a long time. You know, it really has this big tailwind behind it. Uh, they recently reported earnings uh, at the beginning of August. Earnings were phenomenal. Stock has trended higher. So basically, I was just playing, um, you know, a shorter term trade with the trend. And, you know, we like to follow trend most of the time at Schaefer's. It's, it's you know, much higher win percentage. Uh, you just follow the money flows, basically. So I found a little consolidation. And if you pull up a chart, you can look at the 10 day moving average. It kind of consolidated into that trend line, uh, worked off the overbought readings and basically now is continuing higher. So this is just um, what I'm looking at is basically like a bull flag uh, continuation post earnings. So right now it is actually challenging uh, its all time highs. So, you know, in the event that it takes out that 112, 113 area, I think it can really rip higher. Um, so all of that said, the big risk that is, you know, every night when you go to bed, if you're long the stock, you have to be cognizant of the fact that if any, if there's any sort of de-escalation in Ukraine, in the Ukraine-Russia situation, there is a huge built-up premium in this stock. So any signs of de-escalation on that front, uh, this thing will probably get hit pretty hard. So that's the risk. Uh, but everything that I'm seeing, everything that I'm reading is, is saying that, you know, both sides are digging in over there and, and this conflict is, is nowhere near uh, an end. So, so long as that environment persists, I think this thing will just keep chugging higher. Interesting that you mentioned the 10 day moving averages, because I've written up a lot of your stuff in the last five years. And I feel like that might be one of your more go-to trend lines that you always run to. And that makes sense when you say that you are a short-term directional trader. Correct. I love using the 10-day exponential moving average um, just for, you know, signaling short-term trend, but also, you know, stocks here recently, there are a lot of names that have really respected that trend line. So that's just something that I like to key off of. Um, you know, when you're entering trades, it, at the very least, it will give you some sort of roadmap or blueprint where you can get in. And uh, you can generally do that with pretty limited risk. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're wrong a lot as traders, um, you know, historically with my option trading, my win percentage has been less than 50%. However, um, it's not about how often you win. It's about how little you lose when you're wrong and how much you make when you, when you do win. So it's about maximizing, you know, convexity on these option trades and, uh, you know, hitting the exits quickly when you're wrong. Yeah. You know, that. well, thank you for being humble there, but that, that is true. So I want to talk now. I want to gas you up a little bit. Let's talk about one of your recent winners uh, with our expiration week countdown bulletin. And it was, I believe, uh, Merck, ticker MRK, uh, one of the Dow 30. 
uh, August 19th, so standard expiration, 90 strike call. Let's unpack that trade, which I believe scored traders a profit, 100% profit, which was the intended target. Yeah, so um, it was actually a winner when you know stock went up when the market was actually down. Uh, so pharma and healthcare have been really hot this year. Um, you know, generally like to stick to the names that are outperforming the market. You just kind of bet on the idea that money will continue to flow into those names until further notice. Um, so, you know, Merck had been trading at or near its highs for a, a long time. And so, you know, this thing is well into the positive territory for the year with the market down, obviously. So, you know, I just found a little spot. And again, these are very short trends, right? This was a five day trade. So pretty aggressive five-day trade, uh, but I was keen against that 50-day moving average. It had actually run into it a few times and found sellers there. And then once it actually blasted through that 50-day moving average, then that, to me, that was a sign that there was a little more upside to come. So it did actually rally. And the beauty of these healthcare names and, and these less volatile names is they're pretty good to play options with because they're liquid, the spreads are tight. Uh, they're historically not volatile stocks, so the options may not reflect, you know, their ability to make big price moves. And, uh, you know, money has been going into them for the entire year. So, you know, names like Pfizer, uh, Merck, Lilly, um, Amgen, things like that. Like that's just been a really hot sector. And it's it's been more of a flight to safety. Um, you know, it's it's really easy to rush out and, and buy Apple or Amazon or some high tech beta name like Peloton or something like that. But, you know, the money has mostly been flooding into uh, more of the safety names with a few exceptions in the big tech space, obviously. Yeah, that's that's a great example. Um, in, in a way, and this leads into my next question, it is a little contrarian to say, I'm going to stick with a safe haven name when, you know, things are as volatile as they are, uh, instead of trying to find the next hot item. So, What's something about being a contrarian trader that retail investors should know? Because on paper, it seems it's something that's very easy to think about and say, oh, I'm going to apply. I'm going to be contrarian, but it's much more difficult to actually apply. Yeah. So, you know, generally the best entries on positions, whether it be long or short, um, that's generally when you're the most uncomfortable. Uh, if everyone agrees on something, it's probably wrong. Uh, it, it may not be wrong in the immediate short term, but what can happen is you get overcrowding into themes or certain stocks or sectors or whatever it may be. And, uh, you know, everyone gets in and then the last marginal buyer buys and then there's no one left to buy the stock. If everyone's already in and everyone's already bullish, then there's no, you know, you don't have that additional new money coming in. So then what can happen is you get caught on the wrong side of that everyone is in the same position that you're in. And then everyone hits, you know, the exits at once as the thing starts to move against you, people start to panic sell and uh, sort of bail out all at the same time. So as a contrarian, you can sort of use that in your favor. Um, if there's a stock that everyone hates and everyone's shorting and the stock's acting well, you know, I, I generally won't go out and buy something just because everyone hates it. Like the stock needs to show me something um, you know, performance wise, news wise, whatever that may be, uh, before that's going to actually trigger the buy. Uh, but if you can find, for example, you know, a name like, uh, let me think of something here that's a good example over the last few months, like Roblox, RBLX is a good mm -hmm. one. 
Um, everyone hated that thing. It was a you know high multiple stock. All the growth names got killed. But then short interest built on that. It continued to build. It continued to build. And then we had that relief rally in the market. And that stock doubled in about a month and a half, two months. So those are the kind of moves that you can get as a contrarian playing things from the long side. Um, I would, you know, I would just prefer to, to think for myself in, in a lot of instances and not let other people tell me, you know, what the right position is or what the right theme is. Um, pretty good example this week. Um, I like to watch CNBC here and there just to kind of get a gauge of what everyone's thinking. Uh, I watched Fast Money on Monday night and literally every panelist on there was bullish natural gas. They were all saying, you know, it's going straight up. The fundamentals are phenomenal. You know, everyone agreed there, there was no dissension at all among the panel. And if you look at like the UNG, you can look at that gas. It basically gapped up Monday and it's been down about 9% since then. So mm -hmm. that's just a good example of the kind of moves that you can get um, when everyone's on the same side of the trade and they happen to be wrong. Yeah. Thinking for yourself and then also not being a blind contrarian. Correct. <laughs> yeah, I think I think of the Seinfeld when Jerry and George just blindly do the opposite. It, it, Correct. It's, it's not that easy. You have to research it. You have to apply your own trading philosophy to it. Uh, and I think that gets glossed over. Um, so in speaking of glossed over, you, you really did gloss over your time as a poker player because a little birdie says that, you know, you, you amassed over 2 million in winnings. It's you weren't some weekend warrior poker player. Um, I've never met someone who does that professionally. The only names I know are the two famous Phil's. So clue me in on what that life was like and how did it prepare you for the world of options trading? So that life was uh, very stressful. It was lucrative, but very stressful. Um, I played a lot of tournaments. So um, you can sit there for hours, days, sometimes if, if they're multi-day tournaments and, and, you know, it can all come down to one hand, basically, where it's a 50-50 coin flip type thing. So you know, the risk aspect of trading does not bother me one bit uh, just because of sort of that background, which that can be detrimental too, right? Like you can be overly risk seeking, which at the beginning of my career, I think I was, um, and what, you know, I had to get punched in the mouth a couple of times before I learned my lessons and, and you know, started to res respect risk a lot more and the idea that you could be wrong. Um, but it, it's, they're very similar. It's, you have impartial information. Um, you know, your opponent in a poker hand is essentially telling a story with their bet sizing, with their position on the table, with, you know, what point of the tournament it may be in. Um there are all these little tidbits of small information that you can sort of gather, whether it be from their mannerisms, the way they bet, or just their patterns or what they've done. Um, and it's very similar to stock trading, right? Like you may see some good news behind a stock. You may see a trend line that confirms, um, you know, all the sentiment indicators look good. And then something happens and completely blows you out of the water. You know, it may have been a good trade or a good idea, but something that was totally out of your control kind of, you know, made it become a big loser. And I equate that to like, you know, you're in a poker tournament, holding tournament, and you get all of your money in with pocket aces and you lose, right? Like that's possible. That happens. So, you know, psychologically, when you begin, it's really tough to overcome that. Uh, but I think all of the, the heartache that I had, you know, I had some success, but I also had a whole lot of heartache when I played poker. Um, you know, that sort of helped 
get me ready mentally for what I do now. Yeah, it's it's fascinating because I feel like in the perfect world, you know, if you're learning to do this in grad school, there almost should be a class on like, hey, just go play some poker. You know, if you want some, you know, new world education thing, you know, real world applications, go play a couple of hands. Uh, so did you start doing that when you're down in Louisville? I did. Yeah. So um, that was during the whole poker boom, the, you know, Chris Moneymaker, when he won the World Series, you know, everyone was watching it on ESPN and said, well, if this guy can do that, I can. So I actually just started buying a few books. Um, I, you know, I read the, the Doyle Brunson book, the Dan Harrington books, those kinds of things. And then I just started dabbling online, playing small buy-in stuff, you know, 10, 20 bucks here and there. Mm-hmm. And won a few tournaments, you know, learned as I went. And then about six months after I started playing online, I actually won uh, my entry into the World Series main event. And so went out there, played, um, didn't cash in that, but, you know, had a little little success here and there and started making some pretty serious money. And then uh, I had a job at the time. I had a part time job and basically just said, you know, I can make a lot more money doing this and I can do it on my own time and on my own terms. So uh, I just took the plunge and, and I ended up doing it for almost five years. Wow. That's yeah, yeah that's incredible. Um, so. Yeah. Hey, you, you represented the Louisville Cardinals very well there. And that's, uh, that's something that school really needs right now. That's a sore subject, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's I'm a sorry. sore subject. We've that athletic program has gone from on the rise to, you know, one of the top programs in the country 10 years ago to now just being a complete mess. It's uh, it's kind of sad. Yeah. I think you guys took up throwing up the L a little too seriously, but <laughs> Hey, no comment here. So I, I I've got, a lot of my a lot of my friends are from Louisville, so I I can't help it every now and then just to get a little dig in. So yeah, it's a it's a tough scene right now. Uh, but no, I'm I'm ready to wrap up here. We mentioned Schaefer's Playbook of the Week. I will include that link in this episode's bio. You can check it out. Uh, I I love listening to it every every Monday. It, it really has a little bit of everything. Uh, and so Brian Sapp, CFA Senior Market Strategist here at Schaefer's. Thanks so much for coming on. Love to have you on again in the future and uh, go cards. All right. Thanks, Patrick. I appreciate it. Yep. Take care.